Welcome everyone to episode 17 of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd with my main man yet again, that man JB, baby. How you doing, bro? Oh, I am terrific. This is... Uh, this you got is the football like... result you wanted this weekend. Yeah, um, my apologies to Mr. Tony Khan, but not really. The football result was... <laughs> and uh, yeah... Um, Besides all that, yeah, we are doing really well. Um, see, now we've we've already spoken about this. This feels like a bonus episode. It's coming so quickly. It's you know part two of our Pillman look back. You know, a week in the life of Brian Pillman, um, and it's yeah, it was. It, you know, I had a lot of fun watching this. I mean, I, like we were saying before, man. I'm an ECW mark, man. A lot of people. A lot of people knock ECW and, um, you know, it has its ups and downs. It has a lot of crazy shit going on. Uh, but I just love ECW for what it is, what it was at the time. And, yeah, I loved it, man. I, I, I'm happy that we're doing an episode on ECW and I will be bugging you to do another one at some point. Uh, but, yeah, dude, episode 17 and it is the part two of our Brian Pillman appreciation uh, double header. Uh, our last episode was WCW Super Brawl 6, and that was on the 11th of February, 1996. We go forward six days later, and we are, we are in the Philadelphia Bingo Hall, and it is ECW Cyber Slam 96. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the internet convention. I mean, '96. The internet is still in its uh, infancy, and it's six days after him going crazy. Oh, he's got iced tea again. That's Peach, isn't it? That's clearly Peach. No, this is lemon today, baby. Oh, lemon. Okay. Um, before we carry on, I will say I'm repping the Pepsi again today. Uh, nice. No before, product placement here, baby. Dive, before we dive into it, let me remind everyone that's watching. Hit one of those buttons hit that like and subscribe button we've already told you about the 500 you know subscriber giveaway not that the 500 subscriber will get a prize it's you know once we've got hit 500 we've got stuff to give away we've got we're decluttering we're decluttering we need we need to clear it out you know what i'm saying um <laughs> yeah so hit, we need to like and subscribes Check we need to get them subscribers up, man. We need to get them subscribers up. We're doing this week in, week out. We're loving it. We ain't going to stop. Uh, but if we can just get uh, a few more people on board with it and, um, you know, uh, like Jordan saying, once we hit that 500 count, we are going to be doing a giveaway and we've got a whole heap of shit to be giving away, baby. Indeed we have. And, you know, we are, we are, you know, we're banging these out with, you know, this feels like a bonus episode. It's not, it is episode number 17. Uh, Chris, do you want to let people know where, where they can find us? Heck yes. Um, you can, you can have the discussions with us on Twitter and Instagram at chat grapple pops on Twitter and Instagram. If you're watching this, um, video cast, then you will be catching us on YouTube, which is uh, YouTube forward slash chat grapple and cheap pops podcast. We are on a multitude of podcast platforms. So we are on Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and 
every other podcast um, platform that you can even imagine. So Super. we are everywhere. We're bloody everywhere. And yeah, um, quick bits before we dive into Cyber Slam 96, there was a couple of bits in the news in the world of wrestling. You know, um, Jerry Briscoe, a man that's been a part of the WWF and E for, what, over 30 years? A long old time, and he's been that's involved in some crucial, critical times. Former NWA world champion as well. Um, better known in his later years, in the Attitude Era, for being one of Vince, Vince's stooges with Pat Patterson. That's correct. Not some comedy gold in that stuff as well. He was he was stooging it up really well. Oh yeah. He has been released by the WWE. Um, he said it's you know he's he's not mad about it. He's not upset. It's you know maybe it's a natural end for him. Um, he has been involved in a lot of. He was involved in a lot of the talent drive as well in the nineties, getting you know amateur wrestlers like your Brock Lesnar's and your Shelton Benjamins over to you know, the WWFE, however you want to call it. And he played a pivotal role in that. And it's probably going to be sad for him to hang up his hat for, for a little while. Who knows? He might get the call from uh, Mr. Khan. Well, I, I just hope he, um, I just hope he retires and has a nice in, uh, retirement. You know, he, he's been doing, like you say, I mean, when you think of Briscoe, um, I mean, for, for whatever he's done in the WWE stroke F, um, for me, I do remember those stooges, you know, with, with Pat Patterson and himself and, and Vince McMahon, you know, where, where Vince went, him and Pat Patterson went and it was, there was some comedy gold in there, you know, absolute comedy gold, you know, the greasing up of Vince, um, you know, the, it was just absolute gold. It was gold stuff. Absolutely. Show him like some hooking moves and have all that. It was, yeah, it was comedy. Um, in our latest episode, episode 16, we had a little chat about the lack of mega stars in pro wrestling right now and how we were probably, you know, living life to the full with all the mega stars we had in the 90s. We were spoiled for choice. Now, I'm pretty sure that CM Punk doesn't listen to this, you know, podcast, doesn't watch it on YouTube. You never know. But he tweeted something very, very similar to what we were talking about a couple of days after our show went out. Like I said, he doesn't, he, it's very likely he doesn't listen to this. I don't know, man. In the we, event we, that he we does. Drink- we drink Pepsi and fucking uh, iced tea, man. We're straight edge. So, you know, he may well watch this podcast. Wouldn't surprise me. Does, we'll, we'll break the fourth wall and say, hey, CM Punk, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> it's, yeah, he's, he's made his point on it as well. Um, there's, a, there's a lack of megastars. Who's, who's the guy at the minute, Roman? And that's not, he's not even, he's not a megastar. He's a, he's a big, big name. And, and Roman is back, obviously, and he's on the road to the heel turn that everyone's been pushing him towards since he uh, won that Royal Rumble a few years back. <laughs> um, and lastly, in our little bit of news, it looks like they've already possibly given up on the MJF Championship run. I mean, it is, <laughs> again, it's one of these ones where Moxley, 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 all the time. That's all I'm hearing, and it's pissing me off, man. I'm sorry. I don't rate the guy. And, and you know, the fact that it, it would have done a hell of a lot more for Moxley 
to, to continue the feud with MJF. There was a lot more that can be done, but it seems like now they used... They, they didn't even use MJF for, for setting it up with Archer or whatever. That was just a completely different thing. And it's like now already they're trying to set up this or the, the friction between Wardlow and MJF. And it's like the booking is absolutely terrible. Like they're not building anything up. They're not building any angles. They're, they're, it's absolutely well, I mean, terrible. This, this one bugged me this week. They, there was a new, there was a debut this week. It was Miro, formerly Rusev. Now Rusev is a big name, Miro big name and you bring him in as the best man to kip sabian at his wedding horrible introduction it's a great it's a great interview he has a decent promo he talks about brass rings and how they're fake and all that stuff and shove it up you know whatever but miro is championship material i've said i'm saying this now but there's no doubt about it for me you know, you know what they could, you know what they could have done. They could have had him come in and just attack Moxley and beat him up, and then give a promo about you're not the only guy that's come from the big leagues. You know what I mean, or or something like that. You I mean, know, there's been a lot of chatter, chatter about rejects and all this stuff, and people getting you know, just because someone loses, just because someone gets released, doesn't mean they're really a reject. You know, Miro is a case of that. You know, we can dive right back into our into the archives and you know wrestling. In 1991, Ric Flair got fired, went straight to WWF. Was he a reject? Hell no. No, but is, do you know why? It's these jack-off fans, bro. It's these fucking jack-off AEW fans that are pissing me off. Again, week in, week out, I'm seeing shit. Now, they were, like, mocking Miro how much his clothes cost in the picture. Like, oh, his pants cost $1,200, his, tra- his trainers are 300 quid, and he still looks like a tramp, rah, rah, rah. And it's like... God, you guys are fucking awesome. Disney t-shirt was quite cool. It was awesome, you know, but it's just another thing. When it's their golden boy Moxley, who's like as WWE as you can fucking get. Oh, he's the golden child. No Eddie Murphy. Um, And then now you've, you know, anyone else who comes in from the company is like, oh, it's another WWE reject. It's like, you guys have got to get your heads out of your asses. Like when it comes to wrestling, it's exactly the same as any other sport. Just because someone leaves one team doesn't mean that if they get signed by another team, it's a yeah, reject. Crazy. Like, what kind of mentality are these guys got? Like, they're complete... Oh, don't get me started. Let's not do this again, because well, every yeah, I, every I, week I, it's, it's just going to be... Case in point, I did bring up Ric Flair, and I also bring up Lex Luger in 1995. He left the WWF, went straight into WCW, and slotted into a... You know, into becoming one of their top stars. It's it's not a case of being a reject. It's a case of you know making a smart move at the right time. You know, Rick was on, fired. That's Rick, right. Rick, that was it. You know, there was no no choice in the matter for him. But he knew he was a big star anyway. He was already a mega star. It was Rick fucking Flair. And it's it's the wrong mentality from these fans. Um, you know, and like I say, AEW is 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 starting to annoy me a little bit. And again. The the highlights the highlights from the show just gone is um, Miro you know pretty good promo yeah. excuse me um, and MJF again MJF again you know great segment you know a two minutes three minute segment or whatever good stuff man um, um, sacking all his staff and that you know <laughs> yeah that was, it's pretty funny um, in the case of like Miro jumping and stuff, you know, what happened to 
I mean, us as fans in the nineties, and maybe I'm maybe I'm getting old, but in the nineties, when someone jumped to another promotion, it was fun, it was exciting, it wasn't like, oh my god, look at this reject just turn up. Mm-hmm. When Sean Walkman walked out on Raw in '98, it was incredible. It was great stuff. But now, if someone turns up on a different show, it's like, oh, look who got fired. Look at this reject. And right, I don't know, maybe the, maybe we appreciated shit back in the nineties. I don't know. No. The, these these people that say this and have that mentality literally have their heads stuck up their anus, right? It the amount of wrestlers. Think about it like this, okay? How much TV time does WWE have per week? Think about that, okay? How much TV time really do they have? How much time can they realistically give any array of superstars, okay? WWE own the contracts of of so many wrestlers that they're not even using, not using properly, that they haven't got time to showcase, okay? These guys are not, you know, they they kept fucking Mike... um, Canellis or whatever his name is, um, they they bought him and kept him on the contract just so he couldn't go elsewhere, so he couldn't do anything, and he was just literally just sitting there on his ass, and he 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 wanted to wrestle. These guys want to wrestle, and they want to be big fish in small ponds. They don't want to be just another guy that is on a roster that is getting no TV time. You can't blame these guys for wanting to go. Well, that's, you know, that's where you, that's how you make your money. You know, if you if you're on TV, you make money. If you make, you know, you become more valuable everywhere. If you're on TV, if you're on the on the big stage, on the big shows, and sitting at home, you know, surely catch, you know, just taking a check. It doesn't work for people like that because once they do get released, they've been on the shelf for six months. Yeah, there's no yeah. no name value to it, and. Same what happened with Eric Young. Eric Young was at WWE and he wasn't getting no TV time and he went back to TNA because he'd realised that, you know, it's better for me there. I can do more there. I've got more creative control. I'm going to get more TV time. He's the world champion, isn't he now? Is he the world champ now? Apparently so, yeah. Oh, well, you know, don't get me wrong, man. I like EY. I like Eric Young, man. Um, you know, he was some of the funniest stuff he does was when with the superhero gimmick in TNA. Um, and we will be doing, I don't care what Jordan says, we are doing a TNA pay-per-view. That's it. The, the, only, the only, I've seen probably like three TNA pay-per-views in my life. And, you know, one of them I still have on VHS, so. We'll pick a good one, bro. Yeah, we'll pick a good one. There, there are some really good um, pay-per-views. I mean, you may have to watch some Jeff Jarrett, but, um, you know, it, like it's it. one of those. Yeah, you like Jeff, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I still I still refer to that fucking meme, man, the meme of him and Karen Angle, and it just says, oh, yes. the best angle Jeff's ever been in, and it was just amazing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we could we could sit and, and, and pull apart AEW, and you know what? I mean, we, we haven't really spoken about this, but, you know, maybe going forward, you know, we could... We can switch up um, and do a few episodes that aren't just... Uh, talking about a specific pay-per-view or whatever maybe we could do some bonus episodes where we actually do sit and discuss um you know aew or nxt or whatever you know um just not just not the g1 this year right yeah well yeah you know but i mean people are getting hard on now that um aew hit a million viewers or something 
um, this week. Earlier today, that they did probably break a hundred thousand buys on their pay per views. Oh, 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 wankathon! Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, somewhere Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo are just laughing their asses off, going, "Oh, hundred thousand, eh?" You know, it, to, like I say, it, th- let's not get started on the fans because a lot of them are doing my nutting on Facebook and other various platforms. But the booking's terrible, what they're doing at the minute. And let's just hope going forward. And to be honest, it's only going to enhance their product getting more WWE guys. It's yeah. only going to enhance it because it's AEW is just, it's not the polished product in the ring. It's not looking very good in the ring. A lot of the matches are just not up there. They're just not good enough. Um, and to get these main, these, these other bigger guys in that have worked on the big stages, they know how to work in the ring on TV. They know how to do this stuff. It's only going to enhance AEW. So shut the fuck up. And with that, we go, we'll move on to ECW Cyberslam, February 17th, 1996, at the ECW Arena slash Bingo Hall, in front yeah. of apparently 1,300 people. Yeah, I'm not so sure. No, I don't think so. I swear um, they, uh, is that what they said on the thing? I swear they said like 400. I got 1,300 on Wikipedia. No, no, I'm pretty sure they actually said there. Yeah, there's like 400 people here or something. Um, and Chris was watching the VHS, I think. Of of course, of course. He's watching Cyber Slam 96, as you can see there, Bubba Ray Dudley, Sandman, and our man of the hour. Yes, indeed. Oh, main man, Mr. Pillman. And did you get the uh the three? I think I'm pretty sure it was three sort of uh preliminary sort of undercard matches. Like it's almost like a well, they were all squashes, but uh, it's yeah, the, what was it? Bad crew, because this is it's, this, my show on the network went straight into this. Bad same, crew, yeah, same bad. on the video, yeah, yeah, same on the video. On, on the network, I think it says this is the this is the uh, most complete version of the show we can get, or something like that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, the, the on the on the VHS it is it is what you what you see on the tin. So the matches that you've got on the side there that we you can see guys on your left, um, anyone who's watching, um, or on the thumbnail, any all those matches is what I've got on the VHS, yeah, and what you have on the network. It's exactly yeah, it's pretty it's pretty much the same. But I'm pretty sure did they bleep out the swearing on on the network? A little bit, like was that. So they, I mean, there was a lot of motherfuckers and fucking well, it didn't this. Get and... leaks, yeah. It didn't. No. Oh, really? Yeah, some of it did, which I thought was weird. Yeah, I. But the it, the bits that got bleeped was in the Shane Douglas bit at the end in one of the last matches against um, Cactus Jack. There's they were bleeping some stuff there, even yeah. on even on the VHS, and I wonder what he was saying um, that they bleeped out. But yes, I am watching the VHS. Jordan watched the network. So yeah, we had we had bad crew, and he called himself Judge Dredd. Is no relation to you? No, no, no relation. No, no. Um, okay, it's Dino Sendoff, Donny Allen, and from our very own shores in the UK, the Dirt Bike Kid, um, <laughs> better known for having his ass kicked by the great Sasuke in a shoot, uh, or well, Sasuke shot on him in a map. Yep. Um, you can see that online uh, anytime you want. Um, Shark attack. Shark Attack Kid, also known as Shark Attack Kid, Dirt Bike Kid from the UK, um, uh, Mr. Jason Harrison. Yeah. 
Yeah, he um, he was all, was he the was he the one that got um, I think someone stepped out of the way on one of his uh, moves. He ended up like seriously hurting himself. Yeah, he's he's, he's yeah he uh, he he had some serious ribs injuries, but uh, yeah that um Greg Sasuki was it was supposed to be a mask tournament, yeah. and he walks down to the ring and takes the mask off before he even got in the ring, and then Sasuke just fucking beat, beat the crap out of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a squash. The uh, bad crew and dread, uh, not no relation to Chris, uh, win the match. And before you can even say squash, the Sandman is out to a huge pop and he beats the shit out of anyone that moves. He absolutely lathers everyone with yeah. the old Singapore canes. Onto the mic, let's get extreme. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is a fun start. I'll, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> our next match, because they, they there's no... There's no backstage, there's no segments, no interviews really. Um, it just goes. There's one. Match. Yeah, there's, there's, sorry, there's one commentator the yes. whole way through as well. And when you've got the in ring segments where the, the guy, Joey Styles, um, is, is not at commentary, he's in the middle of the ring and he's doing whatever he's doing in the middle of the ring, there's no commentary. So he's a guy on his own. But yeah, Joey, uh, Joey works solo, which is. It's a bit of a refreshing change. I mean, some of his shouting is a bit much, but I like Joey Styles. Um, he was good, yeah. Next match, El Puerto Riqueño. Riqueño? Riqueño, yeah, versus my man. Yeah? Yes, my man. <laughs> Chris is... Poss- well, any relation, Chris? I don't know. I fucking hope so, man, because I love this guy, and I've got a lot to say about this guy as well, because he's, he's yeah, a top, top guy. Cool. Uh, it's making his debut. Go on. You can probably say his name better than me. Uh, Spiros Greco. Um, from from Athens in Greece. Athens, Greece. The Greek god. And this is an extra long squash. Yeah. Uh, it's very good, I, I thought. I'll be honest. There are some botches. The crowd aren't into it. But it is someone making their debut in front of a fucking hostile crowd. Yeah. Like that. So it is tough. Um, and I was wondering, are you, are you and uh, Spiros going to step in the ring for the Greek Championship at any point? Bro, I'd love to, man. This guy, right? I mean, if, if you look at um, El Puerto Ricano, right? He actually, if you remember, do you remember Tiger Ali Singh? Yes. Right? Tiger Ali Singh had this like little manservant bitch in WWE. Oh, was that, that was him. That's that El Puerto is Pablo Marquez, right? So that was him. Um, in and I think he had um, he had a match against Goldust. He was sent in there by Tiger Ali Singh to fight Goldust, and he had a squash against Goldust. He squashed him. Um, they had a tag team match against someone at one point. Uh, so yeah, he has been. He did get a taste um, for the big leagues. Um, not tell bad. Tell us about worker, your hero but- Spiros. No, but yeah, let me tell you about my hero Spiros, right? I mean, if you look at the guy, you look at you look at his, his physique, he was very, very well built, good looking wrestler type, yeah. Um the ECW hat guy hates him, right? You know, you know hat guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Sits in the front row next to sign guy, right? And sign the and signs. Guy, yeah. 
yeah, you know, all the signs through this pay-per-view are brilliant, right? Um, but yeah, fucking ECW hat guy absolutely hates Spiros Greco. But Spiros Greco, his real name's Rico Fre Federico, and he was actually head trainer at the Malenko Academy. He was trained by Dean Malenko and um, the Malenkos there. And guess, guess who Spiros Greco trained? You'll fucking love this, Jordan. Go on, then. Prince Iakea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there you have it. Um, so, so there you have it. And he's not a great honest, trainer either. He, no, but in fairness, in real, in reality, he was a very, very good trainer. He trained quite a few people. He was head trainer uh, at one point at the uh, Malenko Academy. He's trained a few big guys. Um, great worker. Um, he was feeding off the crowd as well, quite a little bit in this one. Yeah, um, his time, definitely taking his time. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. And yeah, it was a uh, yeah, like I said, it was a it was a long squash. Um, and I was wondering if uh, you and Spiros would be either teaming up or maybe taking on the Dark Order at some point. I'd love to, mate. That'd be great. If I, I mean, if Spiros, yeah, for Spiros Greco, if you're out there, man, I'll be happy to step back in the ring with you. We would uh, get the old, um, we could be called Team Trojan, you know, um, get that shit going. Uh, I'd love to do that. That'd be great. Like I say, Spiros Greco, great, great worker. Just a shame he never really caught on or clicked on, you know, because he, I think he could have been really good. Um, he finishes He finishes with a pump handle side slam. It was like, um, you know, pump handle to a side, sidewalk slam. And yeah, Spiros gets the... Uh, one, two, three. It wasn't like Road Dog's pumping handle slam. No. There was no there was no simulated butt pumping. <laughs> Before we move on to our next one, uh, we did get a question uh, on Twitter uh, this week after our episode 16, asking us to figure out which one was Sean and Marty. Um, the only way I could figure it out was that, is that Chris here could take a much better bump through a glass window than I could. He could get much more airtime, so. Dude, I, my, I swear I was the bump monkey when we when we were training. It's like anyone wanted to try and move. It was like, yeah, Chris, come here. It's like, oh, fuck's sake, man. Like, Let's be honest, like, I was, a lot of us are heavier than you, Chris. Yeah, man. It was like, I was the bump monkey. It's like, oh, let, Chris, let's just try this quickly. Oh, Chris, let's just try this quickly. But I loved it. It was great, man. But yes, I'm sure I could take a massive, lovely bump through the window and sell like Ricky Morton. <laughs> Man could sell. Um, Taz is next um, in his beautiful black and orange singlet with uh, Bill Alfonso, Fonzie as I like to call him. Uh, he didn't have a whistle, did he, at this point? Yeah, he did. He, he had did a whistle. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't using it as frequently no, it as... As he was, because he was Rob Van Dam's manager at one time in ECW yeah. as well. Uh, Taz is taking on Joel Hartgood. This is another, um, it's another squash. Let's be honest. And there's an exploder suplex where Joel, poor Joel, lands on his fucking head. Yeah, um, it's it's brutal, man. It looks like Taz isn't being too careful with it. No, I've got down here. Taz has little concern for not injuring Joel or anyone else. And yeah, I didn't particularly like the way he was. You know, it's the Exploder in particular, but it's a Taz mission and he gets the win. Uh, he chokes him out, gets on the mic, just another victim, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
don't get me wrong, I like Taz. I like, you know, even his commentary later on in life. Um, the guy could work. The guy knew what he was doing. But squashes like this don't really excite. And, you know, on a it's not a pay-per-view because it's not necessarily ECW hadn't reached pay-per-views yet, but it is a show, a bigger show. Uh, he does go in full heel mode and tip poor Joel off a stretcher. Oh uh, yeah, you know, and and you've got you've got Bill Alfonso who had been in WCW as well. Bill Alfonso, yeah. he actually um, he actually is in one of our episodes, which is the Super Brawl one episode, where you've I'm got sure. uh, in the, in the main event he kind of stooges for Ric Flair to get the win. Um, so Bill Alfonso, when when poor Joel's getting dropped on his head, he's like diving over the bottom rope and whistling in his face and like mocking him and that and getting in his face. It was just great, great stuff. Like he really was getting the heat, you know, like really, really building up that heat. And you've got um you got some Sabu chance as well, yes, because you know. But Sabu and Taz never really liked each other either. It was like quite well known. And well, really I, like each other. Taz was very, you know, he was high on things like professionalism, and Sabu didn't always show that. But Taz was a penis as well. Yes. Um, he, 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 for whatever reason, had this, in, you know, this inflated ego that he was a straight up shooter and that. And Rob Van Dam has said that many times in mm-hmm. own interviews. And I think Rob may have slapped him once as well. The old pick a hand, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, go on. Has uh, he suplexes some jobbers as well? I think Dirt Bike Kid comes out again. Dirt Bike Kid comes out. Um, some other people come out, but then good old my man Mikey Whipwreck comes out and gives him a good good going over as well, yes, which yeah, is great. Offense, yeah. Before he uh, he gets choked out as well. And dropped on his head. He gets Mikey gets dropped on his head as well, and then choked out with a Taz mission. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was Taz uh, doing his thing. Um, again, they him and Sabu wouldn't meet until what nineteen ninety seven. Early legal. Yeah, yeah, a little bit later on. Yeah. yeah, but their feud was slowly starting to build. We officially open the show now with Joey Styles in the ring. He talks about the internet convention and before anything else can happen, the lights go out. He says he's hoping it's not a receipt for what happened on Monday night. I think someone lost power and blamed the other company. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that happened. And then we get, I mean, for, for an arena that small, the pop is fucking huge. Oh, yeah. Because the man that was fired only days earlier wasn't given a no compete clause and no 90 day sort of thing it's brian pillman and i've seen this bit a couple of times i mean we even posted it on online and you see some of the fans like hat guy is open mouth mouthing holy shit mm-hmm. and like there's people jumping up and down celebrating high-fiving each other like i've not seen many people this happy for someone to debut and i think I think there was word. I think there was word that he was going to show, but they didn't know if he if he would or not. Um, I, I would think there was probably word that he'd been fired more than anything. Because you've got the sign at the side saying "Pillman, don't work me." Yeah. Um, so I think there was an off chance that they thought, like you say, that there's a possibility because obviously some other people had showed up 
from ECW once they'd left or been fired from WCW. So it was a, an, an initial thought, obviously, oh, he might, he might turn up tonight. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Pillman gets on the mic, says his constitutional rights have been violated. You hear, um, you hear a chant in the background that Bischoff takes it up the arse. That's right. Um, That's it. I mean, they were creative. I mean, a way more creative crowd than what you hear nowadays when crowds sort of go into business for themselves, like on shows, especially around WrestleMania time. Like the Raw after WrestleMania, they start like bringing out beach balls and stuff. Like this crowd, you know, they're it's a way better crowd. I'm just saying that. Like it's, in 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 ECW, like it was even by this point, it was. It was a common theme that people would bring, the crowd would bring plunder yes, to right. the arena. Like there was tape players, there's, um, you know, uh, crutches, there was uh, frying pans, there was tins of paint, there was everything. Someone brought a PlayStation once, um, you know, and, and they would just give these things to the guys and they would take them and use them. And, you know, they, and, and like I say, I was cracking up, you know, at the Bischoff takes it up the arse. Yeah. And it, but it was it was to a great tune. It was like, Bischoff takes it up the arse, do-da, do-da. Yeah. And it was just, it was just it was amazing. Funny. Really funny. <laughs> uh, Pillman says he was fired by a former coffee gopher for Vern Gagne. And that, yeah. I, again, I again was in stitches. <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot of younger people that are listening or watching might not even know who Vern is. But... You know, Vern ran the AWA. Maybe he got coffee for Greg as well. Who knows? Um, yeah, you never know, man. Or as, got, Hogan, as Hogan would say, he'd still be selling meat from a truck in Minneapolis. That's right. So Eric, Eric Bischoff gets called Eric Bischoff or J Eric Jerkoff. Jerkoff, yeah. And, the um, crowd, and the crowd pop for that one as well, Jerkoff. Yeah, but we also get a cheap pop as well, dude. We get a cheap pop because he says, I had my constitutional rights taken away. And he said, you can't take my constitutional right away in Philadelphia where the constitution was written. Yeah. And he gets that pop. And I mean, you see, you see Pillman like in the ring when the lights come up, he's standing there in a leather waistcoat. Yeah. yeah. Cowboy boots ripped jeans with a cane and but, he's like pointing it around at the crowd and they're going absolutely wild he has, he has all these wild and weird sort of like you know this quirky outfit on but he has the aura of a fucking star and oh yeah that's absolutely and he was a star think yeah. about like pillman going through wcw from the early 90s from like 1990 89 even yeah um going through all the way to 1996 he just you know, chances are every single fucker in that arena had watched Super Brawl 6 on pay-per-view and seen... Yeah, actually, some of them would have, yeah. They, they would have seen him whipping Sullivan and calling him Booker Man yeah. and, and then finding out he'd been fired. And this is six days after. Six days. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... And, and, and you know, he... he He's, he's loving the fact that he can swear. You know, he says, you know, I'm Brian fucking Pillman, you know. They don't bleep that. They don't bleep that, you know. And then he turns yes. on the crowd. He says that Eric Bischoff, you know, is just like each and every one of them. 
in the crowd a smart mark. Yeah. Piece of shit, he calls him as well. Yeah. A um, piece of shit smart mark. And he asks, he asks the question, what is a smart mark? He goes, a mark with a high IQ. And uh, this is at this point, the guys in the crowd with the sign, they start shouting him to read the sign. But yeah, he doesn't sell it at all. He says, you know, smart marks believe that OJ didn't do it. I was cracking up at that. Yeah. Um, and smart marks uh, spend their last 20 bucks on crack cocaine. Yeah. Um, you know, marks are every single one of you lot sitting in the crowd, you know? And it's, yeah, he, uh, he says he's going to whip it out and uh, piss in the ring, which is what the place deserves, apparently. Yeah, he says, what you lot deserve is for me to whip out my Johnson and piss in this ring. And he t- undoes his trousers, just about to whip his... Um, Johnson out and uh, Joey Styles is screaming, no, no, no. And then yeah, Todd yeah. Gordon, um, Paul oh, Heyman, yeah. Shane Todd, Douglas. Yeah, fucking Todd. Uh, Todd and Paul Lee come into the ring. Uh, they start shouting, it's not, this wasn't part of the deal. And uh, <laughs> Pillman turns to Heyman and calls him Booker Man. And yeah. like, that's all I needed for this segment. But we're not quite finished because a couple of blokes dressed as. Village people, maybe. Yeah, they, I think that I don't know if they were legit police, man. Um, no, they, they looked a little bit too shiny in their outfits to be police. That's right. Um, yeah, a little bit flashy, a little bit disco. Um, they come to take Pillman away. Doesn't really work because he just sort of still wanders around. It's like bad security. Um, he, he went, I think because they say to him, oh no, leave him, leave him, let him walk out. And then he kind of, he gets out the ring. And then obviously, do you see what he done to the, the fan? Yeah. The, uh, one of the, one of the smart marks gets spat in, gets spat on by Pillman. And this is the loose cannon thing. And uh, he takes a swing at Pillman. It's a bad swing. He's never going to catch him in a million years. Yeah. And he drags him into the ring and attacks him with a fork. Like yeah, pop. he drags him. First of all, he drops him on his head. Yeah. Excuse me. Pull, pulls him out of the crowd. He literally legitimately lands on his head on the concrete and then drags him in. Yeah, and he, he, he's got a fork in his hand and he starts forking him in his head. Um, and then I think he throws the fork into the crowd. I think he just um, afterwards. It someone. Um, yeah. Shane Douglas gets on the mic and calls, uh, he calls Pillman a WCW reject. Yeah. And I thought that was a little ironic considering he had just come off of a run as Dean fucking Douglas. Dean Douglas, that's right. He's also one of the dynamic fucking dudes. Yeah. Skateboard and all that shit. Like, yes. I'm not having that from, from Douglas. You know, if it's heel heat, then it's great because he's really wound me up. But if it's not, he's still a jobber and a prick. So. Yeah, no, but I mean, it and, wasn't heel heat I've got though. I've yeah. to say about Shane Douglas later on because I'm. Yeah fucking unhappy with that um what happens later on in the show in another match but yeah they um they eventually drag brian pillman out the uh is it the front door or the back door i don't know like i guess well he, he no he tries to they, they try to drag him out um he, he's because he basically uh shane douglas is sitting in the ring saying i'm not going anywhere i'm, I'm gonna wait for him and all this um, and then he fights his way back to the ring and then he gets to ringside and then ends up climbing over the barricade. Yeah. And um, there you have it. It's, and uh, then walking, walking out. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a wild, it's 
brilliantly written, brilliantly well done. You know, Paul Heyman obviously got his fingerprints all over it. It's it's one of the best debuts I've seen in like almost any show. I mean, we've had some great ones in the past, but this one just yeah, it blows a lot of other stuff away, and it it's one of the best things in the show. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's it feels it feels real to a point, um, you know, and you can argue even at the time people might have thought that the guy that was grabbed out of the crowd was a legit smart mark as well. Yeah, um, Hillman Wood, he wouldn't get a lot of time in ECW because he would uh, be striking a deal with someone else. Yeah. Despite Bischoff saying that the plan was always to go back to WCW, Brian worked everyone and figured out a way to get to the WWF without any trouble whatsoever, any any obstacles. Got the, as you said in our late last episode, the second ever guaranteed contract in the World Wrestling Federation behind Mark Mera, of all people. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, he would, before he would ever enter a WWF ring. He would have a car accident. Yeah, he fell, he fell asleep behind a wheel and yeah. ended up mashing his ankle up and having to have it fused. Yeah, which would put him in a tremendous amount of pain. He would get back into the ring eventually, having some, you know, he had a cracking feud with gold dust, you know, worked with, he was, you know, the non-family member of the Heart Foundation. And yeah, it would take us up to Bad Blood in 1997 in your house, which we have spoken about. You can see that in, you know, in one of our older episodes. And yeah, he was he was found dead on the day. And it's kind of crazy that you you're in '96. You're talking about Brian Pillman. The year later, he's gone. It's, it's kind of sad. It is sad, especially as like what I said in the last episode, the story that Sabu tells about um, Brian Pillman's ex-wife um, shooting herself in the head while being on the phone to Brian Pillman, um, just so he knew that he was the reason why she did it. You know, it, that that's a complete head fuck, and it seems like he was on a bit of a self-destruct one. Um, you know. Yeah, he uh, he would be a part of some memorable stuff in 96, 97, like I said, like the feud with Goldust over Marlena. Um, he was a part of the incredible 10-man tag team match at Canadian Stampede. He's, yeah, he had, he still had some, he still had some mileage left in him. And I mean, we're not really sure where they were going to go with the, uh, I think they were going to turn Marlena, weren't they? She um, was, yeah, what, I think what she was going to join him. Yeah. She was going to join the, the, the loose cannon because it was, it, it was, I mean, WWE clearly saw this, this, this loose cannon gimmick because it was always, as soon as he entered WWE, WWF at the time, it was the loose cannon Brian Pillman, the loose cannon Brian Pillman. It was being yeah. drummed in all the time. The loose cannon Brian Pillman. And, um, yeah, it was, I mean, they obviously saw where they wanted to go with it. Um, was he the Stone Cold Steve Austin before the Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he, 
I mean, he's clearly the one that, you know, he, he really helped Austin with their feud and, you know, shouting a gun on live TV. And I think he, I think he shouted fuck as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, he did, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I mean, if that's not loose cannon, nothing is. Um, um, but also as well, we're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and the loose cannon Brian Pillman. They were... For, for me and probably for Jordan as well, a, a heel masterclass in tag team wrestling yes. because you, you know, you had the Hollywood Blondes in WCW and we've already, um, we've already covered one of their matches that was an absolute, absolute heel masterclass. Um, and it was against Arn Anderson and... Um, Paul Roma, wasn't it? Yeah, Paul, that's right. Paul yeah. Roma yeah. and um, Arn Anderson. You know, it was... An absolute masterclass, yeah. and uh, I have you, I have a question. Yeah, WWF was going ninety seven, ninety eight. It got like more raunchy, more wild, more crazy. Ninety nine as well. You know, where would Pillman have fit into that? Like, because Pillman, you know, the original, he's the loose cannon. He could have, he probably could have done what he wanted on WWF TV in ninety eight, ninety nine. I, you know, what I think they might have actually gone for. They could have gone for like a, him as being like some kind of cult leader, and ha, you know the the loose cannon and having like his his, his minions, you his, know his other cannons, yeah, yeah, you know he, he, <laughs> that would have been great. Cannons. Yeah, you know he could have had his loose cannons. You know he would have, I think maybe he could have recruited Owen Hart as well. Would have been great. I, I don't think he would have left for WCW um, after Survivor Series. Because, you know, uh, the Davy and Jim went over with Brett. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Brian wouldn't have gone. No. He'd already had enough of uh, Eric Bischoff and Kevin Sullivan. and. Oh, he'd had enough of the whole situation there, yeah. He, 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 he'd already, you know, he, like I say, it's such a shame, isn't it? Yeah. That, oh, you know, that things went the way it did for Brian. But he was, he had a troubled life, man, at that point. You know, he had substance abuse problems he'd obviously had that situation with his ex-wife um you know he i mean in all honesty was he under the influence of something as well during cyber slam 96 he looked fucking wired man if if he was he wasn't the only one oh sweet oh of course not <laughs> but yeah there's I mean, ECW around this time was, it was a bit of a, you know, people have described it as a lawless jungle where, you know, you'd have your own bag of gimmicks and you'd be trading whoever had something else for whatever you had and all that stuff. And Oh, dude, there's, there's stories of New Jack and Sandman going to pick up cocaine from the hood and, you know, people and Rob, Robin, uh, I mean, Sandman tells a story that they basically... Um, <laughs> let me tell this story, right? <laughs> go and go and listen to uh, set, uh, type in on on YouTube, people. Type in uh, Sandman talks about New Jack or something, all right? And he tells a story about how he he turned up uh, at a TV taping or a pay per view, I think it was. He turned up at a pay per view and he'd taken some ecstasy, and he was just not in any physical condition. To be to be doing any wrestling because whoever if you guys have taken ecstasy you know what it does to you so he turns up and he goes to Paulie and he's like yeah yeah you know he's all ecstasied up and that and Paul Heyman says to him 
Go and get some cocaine in your system right now. Go and see New Jack. Right? <laughs> so, so he, he gets he literally gets told by the promoter, get some cocaine in your system right now. Go and see New Jack. Yeah, the mad so, scientist, yeah. It's so crazy. So he goes to see New Jack, says, brother, I've been sent to you. I've taken some ecstasy. I need some cocaine. He says, bro, I ain't got none. Let's go to the hood, yeah? I've got a driver. Boom. So they go to the hood, end up get, going to this, like queuing up to get some cocaine. They go in there. Like it's a shop. Yeah, that's literally it. It's like in one of these blocks in the hood, man. It's literally people queuing up, knock on the door, get whatever they want and go. And uh, they come out and New Jack goes, nah, this ain't fucking, this ain't coke or whatever, or this is, this is whatever, whatever. Goes in, robs the dealer, and then ends up coming out with like shitloads of it. They go to the shop, sniff all the coke, and end up having, you know, whatever, whatever you know, having having a good match or whatever. Sandman ends up having a good match. So it's it like you say, it was, it was lawless, you know, at, at yeah. that time. It was, you know, the debauchery, you know, the stories from the hotel, the ECW hotel. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of shoot interviews, and we will keep singing the praises of shoot interviews. And obviously, you've got to take these stories with a little bit of a pinch of salt here and a pinch of salt there. But genuinely, there's not a lot to gain from lying on them, uh, even though there was a shoot interview with Sonny and someone else who she's even openly admitted that she lied for a lot of it because she was just embellishing stuff and she was high on drugs. Um, but for the most part, um shoot interviews there's no real benefit of these guys like lying and they're just kind of just telling stories man because let's face it dude like wrestling is not your especially in these times in the mid 90s going back early 90s it wasn't your your normal day job it wasn't your you know the think about the mentality that these guys have to be to be a wrestler and do the stuff they do like that they even they the, the wrestlers themselves say Every wrestler is fucked up in their own way for wanting to do this, for wanting to fake fight, but real fight, you know, like genuinely hurt themselves, fake fighting. Um, you know, you've got to be messed up in the head to be doing this week in, week out uh, and to be putting yourself through this and the amount of substances that, um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was crazy. The amount of substances that were, um, you know, go, going on. It, it's funny, just quickly as well, talking about shoot interviews. I was listening to the, the man Cornette as well, and he was talking about, uh, who were they talking about? Sean Michaels, right? And he, he said this phrase, and it really had me pissing myself laughing. And my missus said, why are you laughing? And I couldn't quite explain it to her. And it was like, um, he, he described, he said, yeah, anyone who, wait, I, I'll tell you what the clip it was. It was a clip and it was called Shawn Michaels and Triple H bullying The Rock. Okay. I Jim Cornette. Yeah. So I listened to that and I was watching it and it basically said, yeah, anyone who he was talking about people that didn't want to be friends, anyone who didn't want to be in friends with the clip or they didn't want to take a trip to Hotel Take a Soma 
or something like that. And it was just the, the phrase he uses, like, oh, if they didn't want to hang out with a click and, and have a take a trip to Hotel Take a Soma or something like that. And it was just, I was pissing myself laughing. But those are the drugs. Let me just ask you a question, bro, as well. Um, when it comes to wrestling, a lot of guys from a certain era are the ones that were dying really, really young. So you've got the guys that came from like a really, from the older times that are actually survived to be fairly old, really. Yeah. Um, and they were the ones that were mainly drinking alcohol, taking cocaine, smoking <laughs> cannabis, yeah. um, and, and that kind of stuff. When it got to your prescription pain pills, your oxycodone, your somas, and your things like that. Yeah, it's your uppers and your downers, yeah. Was, that, yeah. yeah, when that time came, that is the era where you had a lot of these guys dying very, very young. You had your, your, your British Bulldog dying really young. You had, you, you know, a lot of these guys. And I, do, do you think it's mainly the 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 not necessarily the illegal drugs but more the legal prescription meds that were actually killing these guys off well i mean prescription medication brings its own set of problems in many sort of walks of life you only have to watch the uh what was it the pharmacist or something is that it on netflix and stuff like that you know people yeah there are some bad people yeah. out there who will just prescribe the opiates yeah just to get people you know, hooked and stuff, and it's yeah, the uh, the pain meds and you know the the muscle relaxers and stuff like that. Mix those with a few beers, and you know you're you're off your nut, and yeah. that's it. And I think that's that was clearly the drug of choice once they started testing for steroids in '92. You could get around the buzz of some of these other drugs by having prescription. Soma's prescription, you know, downers or whatever, like just stuff to really, you know, chill you out and that. Whereas, yeah, you talk about your eighties guys doing a bit of bit of powder and smoking some some weed and drinking a lot. A lot of them drank a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, so, just to, yeah. It, <laughs> but they seem to outlive the guys that were on the prescription meds. Yeah, I think they outlived all of them. And yeah, that's uh, well. I mean, yeah. Obviously, there's there's a few that aren't that aren't you know aren't dead yet. But yeah, they've outstripped a lot of them. There's a lot. Of, you, there's a whole list of names you could go by. You know, from a certain era of wrestling that just you know they they didn't you know the party scene had probably died out from the eighties and yeah the mid nineties the new generation and all of that the big boys playing stuff you know. The party got the party was different. It was different, it, and the, the the prescription meds and the doctors and stuff um, started taking over. Um, well, it, yeah, there's, there's plenty of bad doctors, you know, even in within wrestling. You know, one or two that were just prescribing wrestlers whatever the hell they wanted. And yes, yeah. yeah, uh, well, I, I um I watched the. Have you seen you seen the wrestler? Oh, what uh, Mickey Rock with Mickey Rock? Have you seen it? Yeah, I still, I still genuinely really like that movie. I, I, I really like it. I, I think it's great. Um, and is I watched it, it with my missus. It's better than Thunder in Paradise, anyway. 
Hey, I don't know, man. Probably, I would say so. Um, and I watched it with my missus, right? And there's the scene in it where he goes, uh, Randy the Rams, talking with that massive hench dude, and they're talking about drugs. And he's got his bag of pills, and he's like, right, these, I've got these pills, I've got this, we've got this, these human growth hormone, we've got this, we've got this, we've got blah, blah, blah. And um, she said to me, oh, is it really like that? And I was like, yeah, like it, a lot of the time it is like that because genuinely the guy who was in The Wrestler who's talking to Mickey Rook, a.k.a. Randy Ram, and dealing him all them drugs, he actually did prison time for that exact thing. That, that, that real guy <laughs> who was in the movie done genuine prison time uh, because there was a lot of real wrestlers in that, you know. Uh, Ron Killings was actually in it as well in The Wrestler. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, it's it's very, very. I mean, we've gone a little bit off, off, off. Well, well topic, yeah, we, we haven't gone too topic. far because we're still talking about ECW and the, the drug scene, but and, but it also moves it moves on to Pillman as well. When when we did our bad blood pay per view review, bro, and you and you and and the the roar afterwards and that when oh, even on the pay per view you got Vince McMahon talking about you know people yes. take. You know, taking painkillers, and there was they started that narrative of it, it wasn't the illegal. It was it was blah blah blah. You know, covering the arse, dude. Yeah, it's uh, we'll move on um, because we do have another match. We have a load more. We have a few more matches to go go through. Uh, Mister Hughes takes on Bubba Ray Dudley, and Bubba Ray comes out with all the Dudleys, all the family, uh, Chubby Dudley, signed by Dudley, Dudley Big Dick. Dudley. Big Dick Dudley. Yeah, yep. the name and a half. Um, Bubba comes out, he's dancing, he's, you know, he's doing his thing, he's having fun. Um, Mr. Hughes attacks Chubby and Sign Guy. And, and then Big Dick hits him with a crutch. And we got a really, really, like, safe splash from the top rope from Bubba Ray. And uh, that's it. We're done. It literally lasted not even a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, that's it. That was... I mean, I, I think we've given it more time than, you know, the match was itself. And you know, maybe we should move on. Yeah, we, we, we move on and we have um, we Mustafa. Have weird, we have a weird segment here, yeah. It's very... But I think this was a shoot as well, bro, because... Um, New Jack had been arrested. I think New Jack actually had been arrested. Um, yeah. And he was uh, Atlanta... Uh, he was actually either just in a little layover or he might have actually been doing some hard time. Joey um, so yeah. Styles had a good line about him being in Atlanta saying that he'd stormed the CNN building to make them watch some good wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good part. Mustafa here is, is um, I've got to be honest, he's, he was a, a candidate, if you will, uh, for our ICO Pro Award. He doesn't win. Because there's no. two, two guys who definitely win. Um, there could be on. four guys in the same match that win. <laughs> yeah, Mustafa's yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, looking pretty beefed out here. He says he's, he'll gladly take on the headhunters by himself. He's got he's cutting the strange promo. He's giggling. He's laughing. It's almost like he's not used to cutting promos. Yeah, I I don't think he was. He's not usually the mouth of it. He he never really did the talking, and he was. I think he was a bit nervous, and he kept breaking into laughing. But um, you know, it, 
it was a laugh that didn't befit the character. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's and so they're talk, he's talking, he's like, yeah, I can take on I can take on both of the headhunters by myself. I don't need New Jack, it's fine. Um, you know, you had Damien, um, Damien Kane came down and they were talking, he's like, yeah. Um, but you hear uh, Joey Styles says, oh yeah, you know, um, there are many teams I reckon he could take on. Uh, the American Males, the Smoking Guns, <laughs> you know, and he talks about like a few teams in the other companies. Um, he said, but the, but the, oh, oh, I nearly give it away then. Um, but no, the headhunters, uh, I don't think he can take them both on. Um, Damien Kane offers, uh, he offers Mustafa a job, shining shoes. Like, yeah. Mate, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mustafa says the only job he needs is a hand job from Lady Alexandra, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 And Joey said we can't say that on our show and all that stuff. Um, yeah, he got, yeah, he got a hand job reference onto the show, so why not? <clears throat> uh, the headhunters do come out; they are fucking huge. Yeah, but you know who they are, bro, as well. The SWAT team yeah. from, from from WWF. They were in the Royal Rumble around ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. Um, um, so it was the SWAT team, and they show a lot more here than they did in the in the WWF in 95 or 94, whenever it was. They turned up a rumble, didn't they? Yeah, they got a rumble, yeah. SWAT team um, member one, SWAT team member two. Uh, they they battered Mustafa. They hit him with a huge splash. Moonsault? Uh, yeah, there's a moonsault as well. It's a, that, that moonsault comes later on. Oh, it does, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, they don't even pin Mustafa. They just kick him out of the ring. And batter him, yeah. yeah. And Damien and- gets on the mic and he says, you know... You fuck, if you do that again and you put your hands on the boss, you know, we're gonna they're gonna destroy you and all this yeah. kind of thing. Um, you, you know, an open challenge and it is answered by you know, formerly known as Jacob and Eli Blue, it's the Harris twins, yeah, Ron and Don, yeah, Ron and Don. And we have a, we have ourselves a brawl, it's the camera work fucks it up for me. Um, you can't see half of the stuff when they go into that's the crazy, yeah. Um, the- Oh, it's absolute nuts in the crowd. Um, you know, they're no selling chair shots. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, that. I mean, we'll get to that. The no selling later on, but yeah, the camera works poor. The production is is falling apart just because they can't see what's going on. There is a crazy moonsault by one of the headhunters from the top rope. He is what he's nearly five hundred pounds. Oh yeah, he's a big dude. And he hits the moonsault, but one of the Harris boys hits uh, the other headhunter with a big boot and gets the win. And it's um... well, because one's pinning one and one's pinning the other. So you've got one headhunter on one of the Bruise brothers, and then you've got one of the Bruise brothers on one of the headhunters. So it's like the referee counts. He could have counted either one, but yeah, and it could have been a double pin, could have been a draw. But yeah, know, we're not going to dive into the rules of wrestling just because. You know, WCW don't like to do it with their over-the-top rule, so why should we? <laughs> um, Joey Styles has got he's got his guests, uh, Tommy Dreamer and Bueller. Uh, Tommy's got a separated shoulder. Uh, he's hurt, it, it, you know, but Raven, Blue Meanie, Stevie Richards and Kimona make their way down. Um, Raven's taking some shots at Dreamer about 
knocking up his missus and all this stuff, you know. He, he actually, Raven, Raven, this is a very good promo, a very, very good promo if you listen to what he's saying. He says, in this country, if you run away from the police, they cut off your feet. In this country, if you steal, they cut off your hands. In this country, if you lie, they cut off your tongue. You got my girlfriend pregnant, so what should we cut off you? I mean, we could have, I mean, if... If they wanted to get real topical, they could have said, "If you turn away, if you run away from the police here in the US, you get shot in the back." But yes, well, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not a political show. Uh, Shane Douglas and the Harris boys turn up to help, but swerve, bro. Swerve, bro. Uh, the Harris boys jump Tommy Dreamer. They crotch him on the ring post, uh, and yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's not even really a swerve, is it? It's like this. They just run into the ring and jumped in. They didn't they just beat Tommy Dreamer up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there was a long, there was a Tommy Dreamer and Raven had a a, a feud going. You had, you know, obviously Raven had a feud with uh, Sandman also. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah, it was a, I mean, their feud went on forever, didn't it? In ECW. Yeah. Uh, next, our next match is JT Smith, the Italian. My man. Italian. Yeah. My man against Axel Rotten, who I couldn't really stand. So do you not like Axel Rotten? Um, he was he was he was billed from Newcastle, England. Did you know that? Was he really? They they used to bill him from Newcastle, England, because it was where someone from Iron Maiden come from or something. Okay. So he and he thought it would be good for his gimmick. So I mean, for those who are not um keen on or have never really watched ECW, Axel Rotten. He had a lot of hardcore matches, very brutal ones uh, with a lot of blood and guts uh, against Balls Mahoney and Ian Rotten. Yeah. Uh, they had they had the tag team Axel and Ian Rotten, but then they feuded together. But let's talk about my man JT Smith. JT right? Smith, the Italian stallion. The Italian stallion, <laughs> bro. The the story about JT Smith, yeah, how he he why he thought he was Italian, yeah. He, he did this thing in a match once, and it was this was legit, where he went to do a dive out of the ring, yeah? He went to do a dive out of the ring, and his, his knee pads, because I'm such an ECW mark, I remember all this shit, and I've got them all on video, a lot of them. So he dived, dived through the ropes, but he caught his knee pads on the rope, stopped dead, and then dropped his head smack on the concrete. This is during a match. And he had like a, a legit bump on his head that looked like a baseball. Okay. So then they played it in the story that it gave him brain damage and he woke up and thought he was an Italian. And that is how they, he started this whole, the FBI, the full blooded Italians. And, um, you know, JT Smith with Tracy Smothers and little Guido yeah, little, is, yeah. is some of the best comedy in wrestling. I think you could ever have. And, JT Smith and Little Guido and Tracy Smothers are three very, very good wrestlers as well. Very, very good. Um, you know, so like I say, I'm I'm rooting for JT Smith. He's a massive heel in this. Yeah. Uh, the crowd, you know, hat guy don't like him, but I, I I love JT Smith. Shout out JT Smith each and every single time. Um, again, this match should. Not a lot of wrestling. It's a it's a typical sort of Axel Rotten fair. It's you know weapons brawling stuff like that. And I I mean my notes are pretty slim on this. 
Did did you catch the first chair shot on JT Smith? Uh, yeah, dude, yeah. it was. I mean, Axel Rotten was to be polite to him, fucking sloppy in this. The the chair shots he was hitting JT Smith with. Check out the first chair shot, okay? So they he, he they they throw he throws JT Smith out and then he, he canes him over the barricade and then he picks up a chair and as JT Smith turns around, he hits him with the chair and it's just an absolutely brutal, terrible shot um, that I'm surprised didn't knock JT Smith out really, if I'm honest with you. Uh, and there was quite a few stiff, crazy chair shots in this on, on Axel's part. Yeah. Um, like I said, there was no, no real structure to this match, which is why I sort of probably tuned out a bit. Uh, the end was better. The yeah. end was better. It, it came to a nice bit of a finish. Well, I mean, JT wins it with a chair shot. So, I mean, it's all you need to know. Like, but there's, 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 more, there's more that happens. You actually see uh, Leon Spinks, the boxer, at ringside, they focus on him. There's the uh, you suck dick chance as well in this one. Yeah. Uh, nice bit of homophobia for your mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Um, 90s, yeah. Plenty of it. it <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I thought after the match was, uh, was more fun than the match itself. Oh, it was great, you know, because um, Hank Myers turns up, who JT Smith had a bit of a well, feud with. You've got that moonsault with, him, with the chair in hand. Great. I thought it was excellent. Like, I thought, you know, this is better than the match. Like, um, yeah, JT wins it with a chair shot. He gets, a, he carries on the beat down, gets to, he moonsaults him from the top rope with a chair in his hand. And, and then Hack Myers comes out and JT beats him up as well. Like, like an unstoppable heel monster. Oh, he's good. He's great. And he's like, I want to dance. I want to dance. Like he gets in the ring. He's like, he grabs the microphone. He's like, hey, hey, calm down, calm down. I want to dance. I want to dance. And like JT Smith and Tracy Smothers, little Guito, when they're dancing, you know, and they do, it is just absolute comedy gold. The fact that he's got a little Italian flag at the beginning of the match and he puts yeah, it in the so announcer's good. pocket as well. It's just great. You need, you need that in wrestling. I think you, you need that. Uh, in certain aspects, you know, to because you, I mean, especially with ECW, it was a lot of it was this kind of not very structured, uh, you know, savaging with chairs and, and, and plunder and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, why it starts to wear thin later on in the show. Like, if it starts out with chairs and it carries on throughout the show, you, you become numb to it, you get bored of it. Yeah. Next match. Uh, oh, I mean, this one's rough as well. The oh, it's pretty rough. The Eliminators, uh, Perry Sutton and John Cronus, and Stevie Richards take on the Pitbulls and Francine in a dog collar six person tag match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's we've already had a lot of gimmick matches like in the past week or so. So another gimmick match for me was just like, oh, here we go again. And to start out, Stevie Richards gives a Stevie kick to Francine and knocks her out. I was like, okay. And she lies there the whole match as well. Much, yeah. Um, I would say he's got a better kick than the Young Bucks. Um, moving I on. think he has. Don't cuss Stevie Richards. I'll tell you what, my man Stevie Richards is up there, he's if up you can there. see him. And it's the right to censor Stevie Richards and my WWF Sunday Night Heat. 
figure, which is one of my uh, prized possessions up there. I mean, I've got this down as a, as a tired, it's pretty tired, this brawl. Like, it's terrible. And Ter- they, because they split as well, the camera work just it falls apart. And I thought, you know what? I was almost longing for the Nasty Boys Public Enemy double camera. <laughs> yeah. It, like, because yeah. you don't see anything. And I was like, okay, I, I, I really didn't get into this match at all and it didn't click. Um, there, was, there was a lot of plunder being grabbed. Yeah. Um, there was there was rows of chairs being held up by the crowd and people, but their heads being banged into them in a row. Um, you had a crazy. They worked their way up to the broadcast position, um, smashed through a table. You had a satin salt um, onto the stage. Uh, the crowd got absolutely battered in this match. They had people dumped on their laps and chairs collapsing. Um, they had chairs thrown at them. They had plunder thrown at them. Uh, it was it, it was absolutely crazy. And you had the "We Want Blood" chance as well. Yeah, it's it it's pretty, just uh... absolutely brutal. But the end of this match, it was an absolutely crazy. Like it, it was like a, a a neck breaker, like a rude awakening looked, thing. Looked dangerous as fuck. It was dangerous as fuck, and the last people you want to be doing shit like that to you is Perry Saturn and John Cronus, mate. Because these all four of these guys in the ring are clumsy as oh, fuck. Oh, the, the pit bulls that did the neck breaker, wasn't it? Oh, well, it was. Yeah, sorry, it was. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, before, well, you don't we want Gary on. Wolf and no. You... Before we move on, we do have our winners. Of the Ico Pro Award in this, it is the Pitbulls. They are they have tag team up because they look roided out of their fucking minds in this. I mean, even even um, Perry Saturn was huge in this as well, dude. Um, he, he wasn't be... as big as the others. He, uh, that's why he probably doesn't get a, get a look in on this one this week. It's true. No, the Pitbulls, Gary Wolf and Anthony Durant, they 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 take it, dude. Yeah, they're I'd I'd happily go with them. I was going to vote for them the too. Power bomb neck breaker thing from the top rope is looks looks dangerous, looks horrible. Yeah, and Francine gets the pin. She wakes herself up and pins Stevie. Um, the Eliminators get their heat back by hitting total elimination on Francine. Like, well, they'd already done it the week. They'd already done it the week yeah, before. before yeah. Um, and it was a brutal one. That one's on YouTube as well, where she this gets one, totally eliminated. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's another. It's another okay. It's a. Well, it's not okay actually. I didn't enjoy it. Um, we can move on because next up is our TV title match. And I. This I, one. I enjoyed the second half of this match quite a lot. But you know, for me, it went on too long, a little bit too long. You think? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was good. It was for me. It was probably the best card on the mat, or best match on the card. Um, with yeah, probably yeah. without without a doubt. Yeah, there's no um, there's no real challenge to it though, is there? Like, well, if, if anything, I mean, if, I mean, oh, the Shane Douglas Cactus Jack match. Not for me. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, the the first maybe first half of this match is there's no no psychology at all, and that's mainly down to Sabu. It's Sabu and Two Cold Scorpio, Two Cold Scorpio defending his TV title. Um, even Joey Styles says some of his moves ain't pretty. About no, I mean, and, and there's one literally straight away where the crowd gets absolutely battered, where Sabu goes flying into the 
like the bloody fifth row. He does like some flip somersault thing, lands on, on Scorpio in the fourth row, and it's absolutely brutal. Like someone gets kicked in the face. Um, yeah. It is fucking absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. Like the crowd, I'm surprised there wasn't any serious injuries in the crowd. I'm serious. And I, I've got this written down. Some of Sabu's stuff is quite innovative, but some of it is just mindless and lazy. Oh, it is. He was, he was extremely lazy with some of it, and yeah. And he's clumsy, he's hurting himself, he's like, he clearly hurts himself in this one. Yeah. Um, but once they'd exhausted the chair shots and all that, and it had gotten pretty boring for him, the wrestling's pretty good. There were some good reversals, yeah, in the second half. I mean, and this, this one... Uh, is a very long match. I mean, it goes it goes over half an hour. Well, yeah, it says the says thirty minute draw, but I mean, I, for me, I, it went longer than thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think the first first ten minutes for me felt like it like forever. It just yeah, did, it's true. No, that's probably it, why it's saying yeah, it, yeah. But once they started wrestling, you know, and even the fans were really into it. Yeah, there was clapping at, at, at one point with a few of the reversals and the kickouts and that. Yeah, Sabu not selling much was annoying me a bit. He yeah, wasn't selling a lot um, unless he really hurts himself, and then he sells yeah. at no end, which he has to because he's actually hurt himself. It makes me wonder as well when the fans really appreciated the wrestling and were clapping to it and everything. Why take so many shortcuts? I mean, that's a very good point because. Later on, I mean, e ECW, it wasn't, I mean, this pay-per-view is um, not a great example of it, but there was some very, very good technical, technical wrestling matches in ECW. There were some very, very good ones. You had, uh, like, uh, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Matches between those two guys that were just... Absolutely fantastic. And if I had it to hand, I would show you my uh, FWA video that is signed by Jerry Lynn uh, when he came over to do an FWA show. Uh, no surprises. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a great example of it, this show. But there, there were some very, very good technical wrestling matches yeah. in ECW that were very much appreciated by the crowds. And, um, you know, Chris Jericho had some good technical wrestling matches in ECW. Um, there, there, were, there was some very, very good wrestling that went on. Really good. Uh, yeah. It, and, yeah, it just makes me wonder why they take so many shortcuts in so many matches, especially two guys that can work like this, like Tupold and Sabu. Um, Sabu gets reckless again with a moonsault, a springboard moonsault. Uh, he puts himself through a table in the front row. It's, that's crazy spot as well, dude. That is a crazy spot. And then Joey Styles goes, oh, my God, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. He, he really he oversold that to know it. Um, another question. I'm sure I read it somewhere, but am I right in thinking that Sabu didn't do that many jobs? Uh, yeah, I don't think he liked to, no. No. Um, which sort of telegraphed the outcome, really, when... With two minutes left, they announced that there was two minutes left over the over the mic. And I think even the fans groaned because they realised what was going to happen next. <clears throat> and they uh, they do go to a 30-minute draw. But Tuchel gets in a couple of good moves like before the end, like he does that 
super like mega flip leg drop thing from the top rope. He, I mean, Two Cold Scorpio's got a very good leg drop off the top though as well. He's up way, well up there with Bobby Eaton and um, who else did we say? We say uh, there was Bobby and Psychosis. Yeah, so that's it. Psychosis. Um, Psychosis had some good matches in ECW as well. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder why that when he went to the WWF, he became Flash Funk. Yeah, I mean that that gimmick. I, I, he didn't even like that gimmick anyway. But it's it's one of those things again where he couldn't be. He couldn't. He couldn't be his full. Too cold Scorpio stuff, you know. Um. I mean, Too too Cold Scorpio and Sandman would become a tag team in ECW. We've got a matter of respect, 96, which I'm going to keep talking about. And that has Missy Hyatt, Sandman and Too Cold Scorpio as a tag team coming down to the ring. Uh, Very, very good, but equally fucking dog shit, crazy (laughs) pay-per-view. But yeah, he's in that. But yeah, I mean, he he never really uh, translated to WWE that good. I think they tried to... His his run in WCW was really good, like that early 90s stuff. Oh, it was good. But, and he was too cold Scorpio, though, weren't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, yeah, they go to a 30-minute draw. It is well, it is really well appreciated by the fans, especially, and by me as well, especially that sort of, like, second half of that match. Our next match is Shane Douglas and Cactus Jack. Um, <clears throat> Cactus is in... Cowboy boots, jeans, and a, and a beautiful vest with Eric Bischoff's face on it. Yeah, and it says, forgive me, Uncle Eric, on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. It but- seems like the ECW fans hadn't quite warmed to Shane Douglas being back either because there were Ahmed Johnson chants, Razor chants, and there was even Mankind chants. I'm guessing they knew. Well, I, I, I don't know. It because I was trying to get my head around this as well, because uh, Mankind wouldn't debut until April in this year. And I don't think he was even supposed to be... Maybe he had dark matches. He maybe had dark matches, but they were going to have him as Mankind the Mangler or something like that. Yeah, or something like that. Some weird, like, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of gimmick. Um, but you know, it's funny. Um, the mask that Mankind wore was was initially going to be one of the masks for Kane. Yeah. It was because they had like a load of different masks that they had for Kane. Because um, Vince McMahon, uh, it was Jim Ross that kept saying, get Mick Foley, get Mick Foley, get Mick Foley. And Vince was saying, no, 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 the only... And then he gave in, he said, right, the only way we're going to do it is if we put him in, in a mask. That's it. Well, yeah, he didn't want the Cactus Jack Association. And he... I suppose he never really wanted it until he realised how popular Mick Foley was. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this part... In this part of ECW, creatively, this is some of Mick Foley's best stuff. The anti-hardcore stuff, is, I thought, was excellent. Brilliant. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, this match, on the other hand, is not excellent. It's a weird sort of brawl. You know, Shane Douglas seems to be struggling with the crowd that aren't really behind him, even though Cactus is meant to be the heel. 
like I said, you know, you know, you're in trouble if they're chanting Ahmed Johnson. So <laughs> <laughs> them smart marks. Yeah, oh, them fucking smart marks. Smart marks. Um, the in the in a struggle, the referee handed Shane Douglas some handcuffs. Yeah, it's a weird one, and he he's looking like the the guy that used to be in Rainbow with his bloody with um. Bungle Zippy and George because he had like the bloody dungarees and that you know guy Jeffrey yeah, he did not it, look like a referee no he didn't he looked like fucking but some 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 crazy guy with um from just, a kids TV show but it was weird because I mean I I I I like Cactus Jack and I I did like seeing uh, Shane Douglas getting beaten up who doesn't um but. <laughs> Now, I'm going to skip ahead a couple of years and go to our Royal Rumble 1999 show where we absolutely, we buried the the bit at the end of the I Quit match where Mick Foley took, what was it, eight unprotected hit, uh, uh, chair shots to the head from The Rock? Yes. I counted, yes. I counted nine from Shane Douglas here after he was handcuffed and... One from yeah. Whitbrick, which was absolutely brutal. Oh, the brute! I was, I've got that. Mikey comes with an absolute the, the brutal one where he's literally on the ground, and it, it, yeah. it, it it's a savage. But I counted more, dude. There was there was eight eight initial ones with the chair, and then I gets on the mic, and then there's four more after. Well, I I didn't count the ones that were on his back because you know they're the ones that are still around today. But headshots, I counted ten all in, and it's. After this, I've got next to it on my notes for fuck's sake. Like what? Like what was Mick? Why is Mick agreeing to this shit? Yeah, I, I, I think he's trying to just. It's it's still that that bravado of. It's, yeah, it's a different mentality. It's a different. It's that, could, no, I'll just take it. You, you know, there, there's it there's chats really with him and there's chats with him and. Um, Terry Funk, where they're talking about, you know, backing up, we literally just used to put our head forward, grit our teeth and just take them, you know, and it was like, that was it. It's not like going up for a header on a cold Sunday morning. Like, it's it's, a, yeah, it's getting hit with a metal chair. And I, I don't know, yeah, like, we've already been over this in our Royal Rumble 99 show, which you can go and check on, you know, so this, on YouTube. This, was, um, this was a copied gimmick. From 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 before then, you know this this yeah. was done on an ECW show before WWE did it with The Rock. Where but The Rock, I mean to be honest, with The Rock's ones that we covered in the Royal in the Royal Rumble, uh, Mick already had a very very bad gash on his head already, and it's also in Beyond the Mat as well, it, and it ends up uh, looking like he's got a vagina on his head. You know, it looks like he's got a gash on, like on his head. Like it's it's absolutely disgusting uh, what what he ends up with in 1999. And in Beyond the Mat, you can see it, um, and it is it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But yeah, that Mikey Whipwreck, fucking. He, he actually they get him on the mic and they're trying the I quit thing or do you say you quit and he calls out for Vince McMahon <laughs> he calls out for Vince and then he calls out for bloody Mikey Whitbread he's like Mikey Mikey um, 
And then, yeah, Mikey Whipwreck, that, that shot, bloody hell. Yeah. I mean, Mick looked like he'd been knocked out from that one for a, for a second. Yeah, the, and the, the, the ref who'd already, you know, sort of stooged off with Shane, counted Mick's shoulders to the mat. And yeah, that was just, that was, um, yeah, Horrible, it was a rough ending. Um, I didn't enjoy it. But, you know, it's main event time. And it's it's what it's the world title. Uh, it's Raven defending his championship. He's come out with Meanie Stevie and Kimono again against the Sandman with Missy Hyatt in tow. And the riot Missy Hyatt. The riot Missy. Jesus Christ, this is an Undertaker-length entrance <laughs> from the Sandman. This take he takes forever to get to the ring. Like I'm pretty sure. When I started watching this match, it had half an hour left of the show, or the, the beginning bit, and I'm pretty sure Sandman's entrance took it up to only having like 15 minutes left. I think they cut a lot of that out on the VHS. Did they? They cut his entrance down. He's um, he's come out, he's uh, he's having a beer, he's having a cigarette on the go, Missy's lighting one up for him. Um, and yeah, it, it takes an absolute age for them to get to the ring. Uh, Raven's just chilling in the corner with Kimona. He's not really bothered. <laughs> so, She's like lying on top of him. Yeah. You finally get to the match. And pretty quickly, there's a brain buster from Sam. I'm like, okay, you know, I can get into this. He, he, I think this is the one where he holds him up in the almost British Bulldog style. Yeah. In a suplex for, for a good amount of time and then hits him with a brain buster. I was like, fucking hell, man. Did, did you see um did you see the sign that sign guy had up at this point wcw where executives harass where, women, where, yeah where the big where the big suits harass women yeah uh, joey Styles didn't want to read that one out um we do but yeah yeah um again there's and I'll, I'll almost apologize for this next line because someone in the crowd shouts or shouts out as loud as they can, Scotty Flamengo's a queer. Yeah. I heard that one and I thought, okay, that's that's a weird insult to throw at someone who, who's not even called Scotty Flamengo in this match. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it is Raven's previous uh, gimmick in the WWF when he was part of WWF Mania. It's Johnny... He was in WCW as Scotty Flamingo as oh, well. Johnny Polo in the WWF, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so Scotty Flamengo, Johnny Polo, all that stuff. Yeah, um, again, it's a it's a weird yeah, it's a weird like insult to throw at someone. Your old gimmick was gay. I don't I don't quite understand yeah. where it's coming from with that. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of outside interference. We get our we finally get jo Joey's cat fight scream. Cat fight, yeah. Uh, um, a, there was a there was a. There was a load of stiff shots from Missy Hyatt, though. Did you catch him? Missy, was... Missy slapped Kimona around like, you know, she owed her money. Yes, right, dude. He was brutal. So lots of open hand slaps, like hard ones. Right to the front of the face as well in the nose, man. It was horrible. Absolutely Missy, horrible. Wasn't a what, Kimona? No, Missy. No, she well, she's not a worker, no. I mean, but, I mean... Come on, man. At least slap someone to the side of the face, not smack right in the face while you're holding their hair back. Like, fuck. Steve, uh, Stevie Richards comes in, gets a he hits a Stevie kick on Sandman for a two count. We get two ref bumps for some reason. Um, yep, yep, yep. The botched leg drop by Sandman was crazy off the top. 
He nearly does the splits and breaks his leg. Yeah, we get a, we get a botched suplex as well, which doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, this match has fallen apart, let's be honest. Um, the Harris twins uh, make their way out. They are busy tonight. The they Bruise got, Brothers, bro. The Bruise Bros. A couple of licks from the Singapore cane. Uh, yeah, and you get you finally get a DDT on a chair, and uh, and and still your world champion Raven. It's yeah, such a weird, like it's ECW. You got to expect it. It's it's just wild and crazy, and nobody nobody could predict what was going to happen in this, apart from the uh, thirty minute draw thing. <laughs> you get bullshit chants as well. Crowd really unhappy with this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, the bullshit. Um, everyone leaves apart from Meanie, who decides to stand over Sandman and have a beer. But the beer is what powers the Sandman and wakes him up. He almost hulks up, but with yeah, the- with the beer, yeah. yeah. And uh, he gets his he, go- he gets his heat back. He beats the shit out of Meanie, and I think Raven then come back into the ring as well. Yeah, and the Bruise Bros come back. Yeah, and, yeah. He um he calls for he calls for Missy. Yeah, Missy brings him out another beer and another cigarette. And um, he grabs the mic, but the mic don't work. He's just shouting. Because on on the VHS, it looks like he's grabbing the mic and he's just saying saying stuff, but it's nothing's coming out over the well, mic. I don't know if you could hear it on the he's network. Calling out a different name, which is it's a name that he's using for Missy, but it's not Missy or Missy Height or anything. But yeah. He calls out a few times, and that is quite loud on the mic. So maybe they've quietened that down. They edited it out, mate, on my one. I Literally, yeah. I can't hear him say anything. He says, yeah. like, it's silence. He says it three times, intermittently. Oh, no, yeah, he calls out a different name, um, but it's not Missy's name. Like, well, it might be, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah she, Missy... she brings cigarettes and a beer. Yeah, something to can't help him calm down, I guess. And uh, that's uh, that's it. That'll be all. That's that's how that's how Cyber Slam '96, and it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a weird show, isn't it? Like ECW is an experience. Oh, dude, it's um, you know, it's absolutely crazy. ECW, you know, it, it, and there's a there's a broad spectrum of of events. So you've got event events like this with a lot of swearing. A lot of brutality, and um, there are other ones with a lot of blood. Um, but then you get some that have a lot of technical wrestling matches. And I'm trying to think of of, of some that you know. We've, I've got some here, so we've got a few DVDs here. Um, I mean, some of the names of ECW pay per views are absolutely great. Um, you know, the doctor is in Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. Um, it ain't Seinfeld. Um, you know, that's one yeah, of my favourite names Seinfeld. as well. It ain't, it ain't Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld's a terrible show. Thank um, you. But I mean, like, even for example, it ain't Seinfeld. You've got Just Incredible versus Jerry Lynn. Good match. Um, you've got Chris Candido on there. You've got Lance Storm. You've got RVD versus Mikey Whiprep. You've got Bam Bam Bigelow versus Axel Rotten. Um, you know, you call, him, you call him just incredible. I call him the Portuguese Man O' War. He's a Portuguese Man O' War, dude. I love Just Incredible, though. I think you know, um, what what do they call him? 
because he was in the click, weren't he? he? Was yeah, he was. Uh, they in the click. Yeah, they call they call him something else in the click. Um, they don't call him Justin. Uh, uh, the kid. The PJ, isn't it? PJ, that's it. PJ Polanco, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they call him PJ. Um, you know, so even there, you've got. A, a, I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow had some great matches in ECW with RVD. Yeah. He, he's had some crackers. Um, you know, so yeah. I mean, you've got. It's it's weird because you get some of them that are just absolutely crazy, like this one. But then you've got other ones. You've got. Um, that, that have got better, like better matches on them. So it's, it's a very wide spectrum. I mean, even Matter of Respect 98, you've got another one, Just Incredible versus Jerry Lynn, um, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Al Snow, Rob Van Dam and Lance Storm versus Sabu and Chris Candido. That was quite a good match. So as it went on, I mean, this is very early ECW, really, to be honest. Um, uh, but it, it does get better. Um, I mean, even look, November to remember 96, uh, you've got Terry Funks in there. You've got the freeway dance, the gangsters versus the eliminators versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Uh, main event is Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer versus Shane Douglas and Brian Lee. So, it, you know, you've got, there's a lot of different events with a lot of, it's a wide spectrum. Let me just say that. And I am a bit of an ECW mark to the point where I, I, I take it for what it is. You know what I mean? And a, a lot of people, it was, it was great because it was a place where people could go in between the big two guys. You know, you had Bam Bam Bigelow and people showing up there. You had RVD there. You had... Terry Funk there. You had a lot of people intermittently in ECW and they put on some pretty good pay-per-views, you know, maybe not pay-per-views in general, but I mean, matches on pay-per-views that was, that were pretty good. Um, so I'm hoping we can cover some more ECW because there are some events uh, that, that are pretty good and they are better than this, let's say um, match wise, you know, that's good. That's cool, man. Um, I think we should uh, remind people of our Bad Blood show as well. That is a very, very good look at Brian Pillman in and around late 1997. We uh, we do go, we do spend a lot of time talking about him and how we feel he was disrespected that night quite badly, um, especially on commentary. It was brushed over. Yeah, you can, brushed over. Yeah, we're going to put the link to that on the, at the end of this video. Um, we had it on the link to on the end of the last one as well. I put it on the end of the last one, but I'll do it again. We'll do it again today. I will also take the time to thank at Tyrant Tales, our good friend over at Tyrant Tales, the who does the uh, hilarious comic strips on Instagram for this uh, piece of artwork here. If, don't know if you can see it on the uh, camera, there, that's Chris and me in cartoon form. Yep, in our wrestler alter egos. Yeah. Um, um, also like to thank Tree of Life Framing for, you know, printing these T-shirts. You know, Tree of Life Framing, remember what I say about them. You know, they will frame you just like Kevin Sullivan. Uh, <laughs> I can't help it. I oh, man, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do one of these mysteries of wrestling shows, dude. As I like to, as I like to give Chris a bit of the, a, a bit of the old one twos, you know, when I tell him, tell Brock that his name's Chris. If if Chris was to get on and say his name, yeah, Kevin, his name's Jordan, I said, Yeah, just come around my house. I've got, <laughs> I've got something for you, Kevin. 
Booker man. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, thank you anyone that's still watching. You know, remember hit the like and subscribe button. We are here. We you are chucking these out. This is a very quick turnaround on this one. I don't think next week. I don't think this week will be another quick turnaround. I think we're going to have a bit of a bit of a longer break in this schedule purely for work reasons. You know, we both have jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hit the like and subscribe. You can catch us on you know chat grapple pops on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook. We're we're everywhere. We're even on uh, yeah. What's the other one? Uh, Reddit. Yeah, you can catch us on Reddit as well every now and again. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. We haven't got our own subreddit of people that hate us yet, so we're not a success on Reddit yet. Um, but when, when there is the hate it, when people hate yeah. Reddit, yeah. When when you're hated and you have your own subreddit of like you know fucking JB and Chris Dread from Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops are gay uh, <laughs> subreddit, um, then you've made it. So, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, thank you for anyone that's still awake, still watching, still listening. As usual, we have, you know, we have our core sort of audience and fan base at the minute, which we're really happy for. You know, 84% of you haven't subscribed though on YouTube. I'm, I'm surprised that each and every one of you hit the. Do we button. call our fans? Do we call our fans the Grappolites, or what do we? What do we call them? We haven't we haven't thought about this one. We haven't because you know we we haven't got the creatures of the night you know or the Canaanites, but we can call them the Grappleites. You know, call them the Grappleites. <laughs> I wouldn't want to call them the cheap poppers. The cheap poppers. <laughs> or the popsicles. We'll call them the popsicles. The popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like I said, thank you for anyone that is subscribing, is listening, is watching. You know. Anyone that's not, just hit the button. It's free. You know, you might win something down the line. Come on now. You know, let's not. And, and this is we're gonna keep and we're gonna keep pushing as well. That we you know, and it's not just a thing with us as well. Many other YouTubers and people they always saying, look, please don't just watch our content. Please just subscribe as well because it helps push us up in those suggested videos and it helps us get a bit more of a wider audience. Obviously we're doing this because we love to do it, but obviously we want to expand our audience and we want to get a bit more notoriety rather than fame. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're obviously really grateful for all the comments, all the likes, all the, you know, everything else. Shares. Yeah. All the shares, all the retweets, everything that comes with it. And, you know, we're, we're glad for all everyone's support and we thank you and, you know, we haven't decided what we're going to watch next. I'm sure that will come up. I mean, I'm pretty sure it won't be ECW or TNA, but that's just from my side of things. No, no, it, it, it won't be ECW or TNA. And we've just come off the back of a WCW. So chances oh, yeah, are it's going to be, a, it'll be a WWF. We're going back to the Federation. Um, again, we're not, we're not sure yet. We, we tend to, we tend to, you know, book it on the fly sometimes. I've got one actually in mind that I was going to talk to you about as well. Yeah, uh, so we will. We will chat about it. We will chat about this straight after. Um, yeah. Chris, you got anything to add for the wonderful people that are still listening? No, just thanks for watching us, man. It still blows blows us away. Like when we when we look on YouTube and we see how many watches we're getting and how many views and that. It's just it's fantastic. And just want to thank everybody that uh, that does watch and that does like us and and doesn't find us uh, too annoying. You know, it's um, yeah, it's just it's just great. Um, you know what I mean? We'll, and we'll keep doing it. So thanks to each and everybody out there in internet land. 
we've made it through 17 episodes now and we're going for number 18. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, and I'll say that, that that right there is Chris Dredd, who is your guy. I am uh, JB and this was Cyberslam 1996, the part two of the Brian Pillman special. Thank you very much and we'll see you next time.